Hope everybody's doing well today. Welcome to the African History Network show. We have a jam-packed show today. It's Wednesday, June 23rd, 2021. And I had some topics laid out for today's show. But then uh, the story broke late uh, later today out of Florida. Washington Post reports federal judge halts black farmers debt relief program in new legal blow. Federal judge halts black farmers debt relief program in new legal blow. An estimated $4 billion of the American Rescue Plan hang in the balance slated to restore land and economic stability to black farmers who were victims of discrimination. We're going to talk about this. This took place uh, uh, today, uh, Wednesday, June 23rd, um, in federal court in Florida. Then uh, there was a story continuing our discussion dealing with uh, Juneteenth. There was a story out of, uh, well, there's a story from NBC News. Um, and this deals with the, the connection between African-Americans and uh, black Seminoles, Seminole Indians. Uh, a family celebrates Juneteenth in Mexico where their black ancestors first found freedom. A, a family celebrates Juneteenth in Mexico where their ancestors, where their black ancestors first found freedom. And this deals with uh, African-Americans running away, uh, who uh, African-Americans who were enslaved running away into Mexico. Um, celebrating Juneteenth in Texas as well, uh, rather than staying at home in Texas where Juneteenth was first celebrated, Karina Taraba Harrington goes to her birthplace, Nacimiento de los Negros in Mexico, where her ancestors built a community long before slavery fully ended in the United States. So we're going to talk about this some uh, also on today's show. All right. Now on the African history network show, we focus on educating, empowering and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now it's correct. Wrong behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself and what you allow the people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So when you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts, you can control the circumference of his or her actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. Now, we deal with a number of different topics here on the African History Network show. We deal with current events and history and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, health issues, and much, much more. Sign up for our email newsletter, text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, to 22828. To sign up for our email newsletter, text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, to 22828. To sign up for our email newsletter or visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Um, we have a new online course starting up uh, Sunday. Uh, it's it's uh, Sunday, July 4th, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, What They Didn't Teach You in School, is class number one, okay? Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, 
understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. Uh, this is going to be Sunday, July 4th, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, for more information, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We'll also post a link here as well. This is a 10-week online course that I teach. We deal with thousands of years of history, and we deal with what led up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place as well. Okay, so uh, I want to jump into uh, this first topic here dealing with the uh, African-American farmers. And you can support the African History Network, dollar sign, the, the AHN show through Cash App, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App, or through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. Okay, we have six days a week. Definitely need your support. This helps us keep doing the research, stay on the air, keep broadcasting uh, the show, etc. So, uh, I saw this story. I got the email about this from uh, Washington Post. Um, federal judge halts black farmers debt relief program. Now, we know African-American farmers can't get a break. Uh, we know there was uh, four billion dollars in debt relief uh, for African-American farmers and Hispanic farmers, um, Asian-American farmers in the one point nine trillion dollar American rescue plan that no Republicans voted for, even though many Republicans are back in their districts touting the benefits of the American Rescue Plan. No Republicans in the House of Representatives or the U.S. Senate voted for uh, this bill. So if we look uh, at this article here from the uh, Washington Post, um, African-American and, and minority farmers were dealt a new legal blow on Wednesday when a Florida federal judge, uh, when a Florida federal court issued a preliminary injunction halting a key portion, a key part of the Biden administration's federal stimulus relief package that forgave agricultural debts to farm color, that forgave agricultural debts to farmers of color. Now, keep in mind, um, Republicans weren't offering anything like this. And you had Republicans who attacked this. Lindsey Graham uh, said systemic racism doesn't exist. Lindsey Graham, Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, who's not doing anything for the 6,000 African-American farmers in South Carolina. He attacked, he, he attacked this. He said it was reparations. He said it was reverse rate, reverse racism. He was on Fox news. You've had Republicans attacking this $4 billion in debt relief to address decades of discrimination against African-American farmers uh, from the U S department of agriculture and the U S government. Now they, they, they didn't offer, they, they didn't offer any remedy for what happened in the past. They don't want to even deal with that. Okay. And at the same time, it's also important to remember, and we've talked about this here on this show before um, white farmers got almost $26 billion in COVID-19 uh, relief payments from the Trump administration. If we go back and look at the article from March 25th, 2021 from the uh, Washington Post, it was an interview with uh, the Secretary of Agriculture, Tom Vilsack, uh, who, who was uh, sworn in a couple months ago, uh, confirmed by the U.S. Senate. Uh, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack says only 0.1 percent 
of Trump administration's COVID farm relief went to black farmers. Okay, so uh, Tom Vilsack, who's also the secretary of agriculture under the Obama administration, he said that a tiny fraction of uh, Trump administration's COVID-19 uh, a relief for American farmers, just one tenth of one percent of the overall package went to black farmers, according to Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack. Now, uh, Tom Vilsack said of those uh, of those who identified their race or ethnicity, black farmers received only twenty point eight million dollars, only twenty point eight million million dollars. Only twenty point eight million of nearly twenty six billion dollars in two rounds of payments under the coronavirus food assistance program announced by the Trump administration in April of 2020. He said, quote, all ninety nine percent of the money going to white farmers and one percent going to socially disadvantaged farmers. And if you break that down to how much went to black farmers, it's point one percent. It's one tenth of one percent. OK, he said, look at it another way. The top 10 percent of farmers in the country receive 60 percent of the value of the COVID-19 payments and the bottom 10 percent receive 0.26 percent, a, a little more than one quarter of one percent. OK, so now you have white farmers after they got twenty six billion dollars in 2020 alone from the Trump administration, almost twenty six billion. Now they're crying uh, because of. Uh, what's in the uh, COVID-19, uh, what, what, what's in the American Rescue Plan to address systemic racism against African-American farmers, okay? When, 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 when these white farmers got almost $26 billion in 2020 alone, they weren't talking about discrimination against African-American farmers. They weren't filing lawsuits and things like this. But now, all of a sudden, it's a problem when we deal with four billion dollars in debt relief to deal with decades of uh, discrimination against African-American farmers. African-American farmers have lost 92 percent of their land. OK, over about the past 100 years, they've lost 12 million acres of land. We've gone from one million African-American farmers in 1920 to about forty five thousand today. Now, U.S. District Judge uh, Marcia uh, Morales Howard halted loan forgiveness payments and debt relief for disadvantaged farmers anywhere in the United States, according to the Middle District Court of Florida ruling. The lawsuit was filed by white farmer Scott Wynn of Jennings, Florida. So the little, these, little, these, these white farmers crying, these crocodile tears. Now, they were silent when they got 20, almost $26 billion in 2020. They weren't talking about discrimination against African-American farmers. Now, all of a sudden, they want to cry crocodile tears. The, the lawsuit was filed by white farmer Scott Wynn of Jennings, Florida, who also has farm loans and has faced financial hardship during the pandemic. He said the debt relief program discri discriminates against him by race. Where were these white farmers when they got 99 percent of the money uh, in, 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 in 2020 and African-American farmers got one tenth of one percent? What were these white farmers talking about discrimination then? Where was Lindsey Graham? Where were all these white Republicans? In 2020, when white farmers were getting money from the white nationalist party, the GOP and 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 uh, uh, the trade in chief, Benedict Donald. We'll, we'll deal with this on the other side of the break. This is an example of how elections have consequences. This is why 
these Republicans and the white nationalist party have to be voted out of office also. You listen to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation, the future radio on Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30 plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network. Subscribe now. For 25 years, the Black History 101 Mobile Museum has carried on the rich legacy of the Black Museum movement in America by showcasing original artifacts of the Black experience at colleges, universities, K-12 schools, corporations, libraries, conferences, and cultural events making it the most traversed black history mobile exhibit in American history. Dr. Khalid El Hakim is the founder of the Black History 101 Mobile Museum, and he is a highly sought after public speaker on topics of black history, social studies, education, museum studies, hip hop and race relations. Dr. Khalid was named among the change makers for NBC Universal's Erase the Hate campaign and listed as one of the 100 men of distinction for black enterprise. He recently founded the Michigan Hip Hop Archive on the campus of Western Michigan University. The Black History 101 Mobile Museum is currently scheduling in-person and virtual exhibits nationwide. For more information, please contact Dr. Khalid Al-Hakim directly at 313-645-4197, 313-645-4197, or visit their website at blackhistorymobilemuseum.com. That's blackhistorymobilemuseum.com. You can also email him at bhistory101 at yahoo.com, bhistory101 at yahoo.com. The Superstation, Detroit's only African-American talk radio. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. The Superstation, the future radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is uh, Wednesday, June 23rd, 2021. And we are live. Share this broadcasting on social media platforms. Invite your friends to tune in. Also, we're broadcasting on our Facebook fan page. The African History Network, the African History Network, and our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. Call in numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call in number if you have a question or comment. 313-778-7600 is the call in number if you have a uh, question or comment. Okay, uh, I want to let you know that we have a new uh, online course starting up uh, Sunday, July 4th, 2021, class number one of ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. Okay. This is class number one. Uh, this is a 10 week online course that I teach. We deal with thousands of years of history and what led up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. Okay. 
um, and we deal with uh, ancient Africa, uh, ancient Kemet, ancient Egypt, Nubia, Tanahesi, Ethiopia. Uh, we deal with the 800 year occupation of Europe by the Africans known as the Moors. And we take you throughout history and we deal with what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. So this is a 10 week online course that I teach starting Sunday, July 4th, the 4th of July, Sunday, July 4th, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and be 10 consecutive Sundays. All right. Uh, we do the class live. All the sessions are recorded. You can go back and watch it over and over again as well. Even after the course is over with, um, you can we have a live text chat so you can ask questions during class. You can see me. I can't see you. If you go to our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, right on the home page, we have the information. Uh, when you scroll down, you'll see the information for our radio show. Um, scroll down and it has the information for the online course. And you see the flyer here. Click on register here. It'll take you to the next page and click on enroll. Class is regularly $130 on sale, $80. As soon as you register, you can start watching content. As soon as you register, you can start watching content. Okay. Um, and what I'm going to do is you will also be enrolled into our Saturday class that meets at 12 noon. We have three more sessions of the Saturday class. So you'll be able to watch that Saturdays, 12 noon to 2 PM Eastern standard time. And you can go back and watch the archive classes of the Saturday class as well. Um, sessions one through seven. You'll be able to watch that and you'll also be registered for the uh, Sunday, July 4th class when class number one starts also. All right. So visit AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, where they didn't teach you in school. And we just posted the link here. You can register uh, there. As soon as you register, you can start watching the content. All right. I want to go back to uh, the story we were discussing right before the break. And this deals with the um, plight of African-American farmers and the attack from uh, Republicans and um, uh, white farmers who are crying discrimination. Uh, but they didn't say anything when they got almost $26 billion in 2020 from the Trump administration and African-American farmers only got $20.8 million. Uh, they weren't crying discrimination then. I, I can't figure this out. I'm not sure why. Um, I, I, I don't I don't quite understand this. Um, but the, so there was a lawsuit filed in Florida by a white farmer named Scott Wynn, W-Y-N-N of Jennings, Florida, who also has farm loans and has faced financial hardship during the pandemic. He said the debt relief program for African-American farmers to deal with historic racism and systemic racism, things like this, that Senator Lindsey Graham said systemic racism doesn't exist. Um, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida says systemic racism doesn't exist. All right. And at the same time, they're not, pat they're, they're not advocating any programs that are beneficial in general to African-Americans. This was in the one point nine trillion dollar American rescue plan that no Republicans voted for in the House of Representatives or the U.S. Senate. And this uh, debt relief for African-American farmers, this was put in here by Senator Raphael Warnock of Georgia and Senator Cory Booker of, of New Jersey. 
white farmer Scott Wynn said uh, the debt relief program discriminates against him by race. Now, U.S. District uh, Judge uh, Marcia Morales Howard halted loan forgiveness payments and debt relief for disadvantaged farmers anywhere in the United States, according to the Middle District Court of Florida ruling. Now, uh, Judge uh, Marcia uh, Morales Howard wrote that in crafting the debt, uh, the debt, debt program benefiting farmers based on race, that, quote, Congress also must heed its obligation to do away with governmentally imposed discrimination based on race, governmentally imposed discrimination based on based upon race. She added that, quote, it appears that in adopting Section 1005's strict race based debt relief remedy, uh, Congress moved with great speed to address the history of discrimination but did not move with great care. Where was all this great? Well, now, what I want to know is where were all these people talking about uh, discrimination when white farmers got $26 billion in, in 2020 from the Trump administration? This is what I understand. The, the, the white farmers filing lawsuits right now, where were they when African-American farmers only got $20.8 million in 2020 from the Trump administration? Yet Howard also made clear that the agriculture department could continue to prepare to deliver the debt relief until the program is found to be constitutionally permissible. She also made clear that the agriculture department could continue to prepare to deliver the debt relief until the program is found to be constitutionally permissible. The debt forgiveness program is part of President Joe Biden's American Rescue Plan that none of these traitorous Republicans in the House or the Senate voted for. These obstructionist Republicans, 147 of these traitors voted not to uh, certify the 2020 presidential election. The only reason why this is in the uh, American Rescue Plan is because of African-Americans. People like Senator Cory Booker and Senator Raphael Warnock. And you have white people losing their minds because you want to do $4 billion. In, is, this is not $4 billion in cash. This is in loan forgiveness. But, but white farmers have been getting preferential treatment from the federal government for decades. The debt forgiveness program is part of President Biden's American Rescue Plan. And from the moment the USDA launched the program, it faced assault in the courts. Approximately $4 billion was slated to go to disadvantaged farmers, primarily for debt relief, but also for grants, training and education. Keep in mind, none, none of these Republicans voted for this bill. I want I want people to understand this. OK, no Republicans voted for this bill that is beneficial to Americans all across the country. And you have Republicans in their districts who are bragging about the American Rescue Plan and the and the childhood tax credits and the money for uh, restaurants to open back up and the money for schools. But none of you traders voted for the bill. Also, 
we saw that, that 50 Republicans in the Senate on Tuesday. Now go listen to Tuesday's June 22nd show. Republicans in the Senate, many of them talking about bipartisanship. Republicans in the, in the Senate on Tuesday, June 22nd, voted not to proceed to a debate on the For the People Act. The, the, we talked about, go watch the show from Tuesday, June 22nd. The, the vote that they took in the U.S. Senate was not to pass the For the People Act, the, the, the voting rights bill. It was to have a debate on the Senate floor. 50 Republicans voted no to a debate to discuss it. It's like, what are you afraid of? They made Joe Manchin look like a fool because Joe Manchin said, Senator Joe Manchin, West Virginia, okay, Senator 73-year-old white man, Joe Manchin of West Virginia, Joe Manchin said there's seven Republicans in the uh, in the Senate who could possibly vote for. You say there's seven, seven Republicans who cross over and vote, you know, with the Democrats, things like this. Where were they? All seven voted no. S Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, Mitt Romney, they all voted no. So. It looks like there is some type of agreement on an infrastructure bill, but you got to have the protection of the For the People Act. This is why the filibuster has to go. This is why uh, there were protests, uh, the uh, Moral Mondays, uh, the Poor People's Campaign, um, Reverend William Barber III, Reverend Jesse Jackson. They were out there in West Virginia today protesting. Uh, uh, putting pressure on Senator Joe Manchin. They were arrested. Politics is the legal distribution of scarce wealth, power, and resources. And the writing of laws, statutes, ordinances, amendments, and treaties, their adoption, interpretation, and enforcement. This is what politics is. Politics is the legal distribution of scarce wealth, power, resources, and the writing of laws, statutes, ordinances, amendments, and treaties, their adoption, interpretation, and enforcement. So they're going to have to do away with the filibuster. They're going to have to do away with the filibuster by any means necessary. Because it, now you have to keep in mind, Mitch McConnell has already made it clear. McConnell said, Three or four weeks ago, he's 100 percent focused on uh, stopping Joe Biden's agenda. Uh, Joe Biden's agenda is good for America, including these dumbass Republicans that voted for these dumbass Republicans. It's even good for them. Look, look at this article here from NBC News. I, I've got, you know, people say people talk about receipts. I told you before, I don't need receipts. I'm a cash register. The cash register produces receipts. March uh, uh, was this May 5th, 2021. NBC News. McConnell says he's 100 percent focused on stopping Biden's administration, 100 percent focused on stopping Biden's administration. Biden's policies are even good for Republicans and Republicans know it. 
This is why they're giving Biden in general positive uh, 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 positive uh, ratings and they approve of the infrastructure bill, the American Rescue Plan and the American Families Plan. I mean, I guess they don't call uh, I guess there's a reason why they call Mitch McConnell the Grim Reaper. So how are you going to negotiate with a terrorist like this? I mean, this is, I mean, look, this is a terrorist against America. You're trying to shut down all these, you're trying to shut down all these policies that are beneficial to Americans, that are beneficial to poor white people in Kentucky that voted for McConnell's dumb ass. Now, McConnell had to back up and said, McConnell was challenged on this, then he had to back up and clean it up and said, well, it depends upon what Biden's agenda is. No. Because you're also saying that no Republicans are, are going to vote for the infrastructure bill. You said it right the first time. You, you, you said the important part out loud. McConnell says he's 100 percent focused on stopping Biden's administration. McConnell said that uh, he said that about the last administration, about President Barack Obama, that he was going to stop everything. This is what President Joe, Joe Biden said. And this is what McConnell did. McConnell blocked the, the last two years of the Obama administration, um, Democrats lost control of the U.S. Senate in 2014. There were 103 vacancies on the federal bench when President Obama left office. Not because he didn't nominate people to fill the, uh, uh, the federal judges, not because he didn't nominate them, because Mitch McConnell and Republicans in the Senate blocked his federal judge nominations. It wasn't just Merrick Garland for the U.S. Supreme Court. They blocked, they blocked his federal judge nominations. This is how evil and wicked these people are. Read, read the rest of this article. I don't even want to look at this fool. Read the rest of this article here. McConnell says he's 100% focused on stopping Biden's administration. We need to be 100% focused on voting these traitors out of office. Now, McConnell just got reelected in 2020. But these other traitors in the Senate, we need to vote them out of office and make McConnell's life a living hell. They, they, it needs to be like 60, 62, 65 Democrats in the Senate. They leave McConnell and then blow up this the, and then blow up the uh, the uh, filibuster and run all these bills through. OK, run a political train on the Republicans. That's what we need to do. Run a political train on the Republicans. I'm serious. These are some wicked demons right here. They are fighting for raw, naked power. They don't give a damn about the Constitution. Now, all you got to do is go look at what what McConnell did with the filibuster to get the judges approved. McConnell's, McConnell set aside the filibuster. McConnell uh, changed the rules for the filibuster to get the federal judges approved. These people are fighting for raw, naked power. They don't care about no Constitution. These are demons. So when you when you negotiate with demons, you got to have people. You can't send choir boys to negotiate with demons. You got to have people who think like the demon thinks. That's all there is to it. See, we see we, we need people like Bumpy Johnson. See, we need people like we, we need like 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 gangsters like Bumpy Johnson to deal with these demons. Do you 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 can't go fight a fair fight with demons. They don't care about rules. All right, let's continue. 
let's go back to this article here. So the program was already temporarily on hold due to a separate restraining order in case uh, in a case by a white farmer in Wisconsin. The program was already temporarily on hold due to a separate restraining order in a case by another white farmer crying, crying crocodile tears in, in Wisconsin. We talked about all these lawsuits here, Wisconsin, in Texas, all this stuff, right? However, even if that Wisconsin order is reconsidered or even reversed in July, when a ruling is expected, these new nationwide injunction, this new nationwide injunction would still keep the program on hold for some time. The Florida case is considered the first nationwide uh, preliminary injunction, said lawyers for the group uh, Pacific Legal Foundation, which filed a lawsuit in May. Quote, this, this program is discriminatory because it bases eligibility for loan forgiveness solely on the basis of being a member of a minority group, regardless of your circumstances. Uh, when, uh, when Fa, an attorney with Pacific Legal Foundation said Wednesday, if you're a white farmer, regardless of your circumstances, you are categorically ineligible. Now it's dealing with, it's dealing with farmers who historically were discriminated against. They are ignoring a hundred years of discrimination against African-American farmers from the federal government in the, in the U.S. Department of Agriculture. A request for comment from the USDA was not immediately returned. The White House referred questions for comment to the U.S. Department of Justice. Now, see, I want people, all the people running around talking about reparations, we want reparations. And when I asked them, explain to me the process to get reparations, they can't tell you how to get it. It's just like when I was in Atlanta this past week. So I'm asking people, okay, explain to me how many votes does it take to get a bill passed in the House of Representatives? Nobody could tell me. I'm like, who the hell are you listening to? Ask people, explain to me the process. I'm a process-oriented person. I graduated from business school. In business school, we're taught to understand systems. We're taught to understand processes, how to get from point A to point B. It ain't going to happen with a wish. You have to have a plan. You have to have strategy. You have to execute it. Okay. Explain to me how many votes does it take to get a bill passed in House of Representatives? It takes 218 votes. How many votes does it take to get a bill passed in the U.S. Senate? In general, 60. If you can get rid of the filibuster, it'll be a simple majority 51. At 60 votes, and it's 50 Democrats. If Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema vote for H.R. 40 or any reparations bill, you do realize you need 10 Republicans to vote for a reparations bill, right? Name me 10 Republicans that are going to vote for reparations. Name me five. You can't name two. Because none of them voted for the American Rescue Plan, and it's going to help white people that voted for them. You think they're going to vote for reparations? This is why a lot of this talk about reparations is wishful thinking. And some people are just straight up pimping our people. Okay, I know that I know some of the veterans in reparation in reparations movement. Many of them mean well and have good hearts, and they know it's an uphill battle in the Senate. When I interviewed Cam Howard right here on this show, National Male Co-Chair of Incobra, he said 
once it passes the house and he said that you, they're still trying to get the 218 in the house because they're about a, at 188. He said it's an uphill battle in the Senate. He knows that you got other people just straight up lying. Making 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 you think your check going to be in the mail like at the end of this month or something. No, it's not. The earliest you're going to be able to get. H.R. 40 passed. In the Senate. Possibly is 2023. That's if you get 60, um, 60 plus Democrats in the Senate in the 2022 midterm election, or if they blow up the filibuster and you can get a 51, uh, you can do a, 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 a 51 majority vote in the Senate. The earliest you're going to get any uh, uh, in the Senate, the earliest you're going to get any type of reparations bill passed is 2023 after the 2022 midterm election. Okay, so we have to deal with reality. Um, and this is why we have to understand politics, and this is the, the and the importance of it, and this is why Republicans are working so hard to suppress the votes and, and pass these voter restriction bills because they don't have they're not advocating for policies that are beneficial for Americans in general, especially African Americans. They may be able to come to an agreement on uh hr 1280 the george floyd justice and policing act but that's because senator tim scott is leading that it ain't because the, most republicans ain't advocating for that in the senate most Repub most republicans are not advocating for that in the senate and the george floyd justice and policing act passed the house of representatives march 3rd 2021 by a vote of 220 to 212 no republicans voted for the bill in the house of representatives no so it already tells you what their agenda is no Republicans, not one. The 212 Republicans voted no on the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act in the House of Representatives. So that already tells you what their agenda is. Um, I think we still have the article up here from uh, MSNBC. Let me see. Do we have that one? I was looking at it earlier today. This one right here. Is this the, is this the right one? Uh, what, what date is this? We can, we can flip back and look at this house passes. Okay. Let's look at this one right here. See, cause I have the evidence, proper documentation ends all conversation. This is why you watch this show. I provide you with the articles. I provide you with the evidence. This is how my teachers taught me proper documentation ends all conversation. House passes police reform act named for George Floyd, NBC News. The bill goes to the Senate where it will need at least 10 Republican votes. It would ban net restraints at a federal level and overhaul qualified immunity. Okay. Qualified immunity, like I said before, that's not even the most important thing in here. Most important thing in this bill, and I've read HR 1280, most important thing is lowering the standard, lowering the federal standard to prosecute police officers from willful intent down to negligence. Okay. That's even more important than, um, qualified immunity because qualified immunity is just, is just a civil lawsuit. Okay. When you start talking about locking police officers up, putting them in prison, that's, that's, that's a, even a bigger, uh, deterrent. This is from March 3rd, 2021. Okay. Look at this. House on Wednesday 
The House on Wednesday passed a police reform bill that would ban chokeholds and overhaul overhaul qualified immunity protections for officers. The George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, H.R. 1280, passed 220 to 212. Although a Republican representative said he voted yes by mistake and changed the official record to reflect his opposition. No Republicans voted for this bill. Representative Lance Gooden, Republican of Texas, tweeted that he pressed the wrong button and voted for the bill by accident. He put out a tweet and said he was going to correct that. So 212 Republicans voted no in the House on this bill. And you're going to need 10 in the Senate. We'll see. Even if Tim Scott comes in agreement with them, uh, we'll see how many Republicans in the Senate vote for the bill and what form, what they agree, what they come to an agreement on. Read this one here from NBC News. House passes police reform act named for George Floyd. That passed the House of Representatives March 3rd, 2021. Now let's go back to this one here and then, and then we're going to squeeze in this uh, other story and not to get out of here. I have a lot of work to do. Oh, um, but a White House official pointed out that during the pandemic, socially disadvantaged communities dealt with disproportionately higher uh, share of COVID-19 infection rates, hospital, hospitalizations, death, and economic pain. Previous rounds of COVID-19 stimulus to farmers included significant gaps and disparities in the level of assistance, the official said. The American Rescue Plan was intended to address some of the economic damage to socially disadvantaged farmers. What they're saying is white farmers, you had a gravy train in the Trump administration, and you ain't say nothing about discrimination then. Okay, now all of a sudden, now under the Biden administration, they try to address systemic racism and a history of systemic racism against now white farmers. Now you want to cry crocodile tears. That's what that's what the representative is saying. Okay, I'm the anger translator. That's what the representative is saying. Okay, they have to be polite. I don't. I don't give a damn. Now, black farmer groups have talked about the money as a form of reparations for African-Americans who have suffered a long history of racial oppression, about a quarter of disadvantaged farmers are African-American. African-American farmers in America have lost more than 12 million acres of farmland over the past century as a result of what agricultural experts and advocates for African-American farmers say is a combination of systemic racism, biased government policy, and social and business practices that have denied black Americans equitable access to markets. Now, where were the white farmers then? Where were, I mean, black farmers' lives don't matter? Where, where were the white farmers then? Where were all these all, all, all these groups filing lawsuits on behalf of white farmers? Where were they then when we were losing 12 million acres of land? All right, read the rest of this. I'm tired of this. Read, 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 read the rest of this article. This, this is some fragonacle bull. Um, the federal judge halts black farmers' debt relief program in new legal blow. This is from uh, June 23rd, 2021, Washington Post. You're going to hear more about this. Hopefully, Roland will interview, uh, Roland Martin will interview uh, John uh, John Boyd Jr. of the Black Farmers Union on tomorrow's show. We'll share that uh, interview um, on tomorrow's show if, if Roland interviews. Okay. 
All right, let's go to this other story. So uh, we talked about Juneteenth a lot. You know, I have my um, 2021 Juneteenth lecture available at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com as well. Okay. Um, A family celebrates Juneteenth in Mexico where their black ancestors first found freedom. So this ties into the history of of African-Americans running into uh, Mexico uh, because Mexico was free territory after about 1828, 1829. Okay, during slavery, this was the Southern Underground Railroad. We've talked about that here before as well. Uh, A family celebrates Juneteenth in Mexico where their black ancestors first found freedom. Karina uh, Taraba Harrington, who is Mexican-American, is a descendant of black Seminoles, formerly enslaved blacks who lived among Native Americans in Florida uh, before going to Mexico, before going to Mexico. This is a deep, deep history. All the see Juneteenth. See, people, uh, this, as I explained before, Juneteenth connects us to so much history and America must have a massive history lesson. The Juneteenth federal holiday is all these articles, hundreds of articles being written. It's forcing a conversation about a history that Republicans are passing bills to suppress the teaching of this history. Rather than staying at home in Texas, and we're going to go to clip, uh, we're going to go to clip uh, one in just a second here, uh, Shakita, uh, from NBC News Now. We're going to go to this clip in just a second. So cue it up. Um, rather than staying at home in Texas where Juneteenth was first celebrated, Karina Taraba Harrington goes to her birthplace, uh, Nacimiento de los Negros, in Mexico where her ancestors built a community long before slavery fully ended in, in the United States. Celebrating Juneteenth in Texas as the day, uh, uh, celebrating Juneteenth in Texas as the day uh, when Union General Gordon Granger declared slaves had been freed is, quote, not our celebration, really, because our people freed themselves. Our people freed themselves, she said, referring to her black Seminole ancestors known as Negros Mascagos in Mexico. Negro is the word for black in Spanish. So Negro in Spanish, um, it, it can be Spanish or Portuguese. It can mean black or a black thing. It can mean black or a black thing. Now, they found freedom more than a decade before the uh, Emancipation Proclamation or the 13th Amendment, because the Emancipation Proclamation did not free the enslaved Africans. And before uh, Major General Gordon Granger enforced it in Texas on June 19th, 1865, quote, our celebration is a commemoration to all people who were free on that day. Uh, Taraba said. Now, in her Mexican hometown, June 19th is uh, El Bale, uh, B-A-I-L-E, El Bale de, uh, de los Negros, the dance of the blacks, the dance of the blacks, or El Dia de Negro, the day of the blacks, she said. Um, like Taraba and her extended family, many Americans and Mexicans traced their heritage to enslaved African people whose quest to free for whose quest to be free forced them to journey to what is now Florida, where they lived among Seminole Native Americans, Seminole Indians, and sometimes intermarried, later going to where? Oklahoma and finally to Mexico. And the Seminole Indians 
you you have Creek Indians in Oklahoma, but Seminole, Choctaw, Chickasaw, uh, Cherokee, all those in Oklahoma. We're out of time here on 910 AM Superstation WFDF. Those watching on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, and our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotel. Keep watching. Right now, it's correct for all behavior. It's not over till we win. What kind of fair? We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Stand by. Stand by. All right. Um, we're gonna. I'm gonna go to this clip here in just a second. How's everybody doing? Okay, share this broadcast on social media platforms. Invite your friends to tune in. Be sure to register for the online course that I teach. Uh, we have a new one, uh, class number one, starting up uh, Sunday, July fourth. Uh, Sunday, July fourth, two p.m. to four p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Maafa. Understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa. Understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. This is a 10-week online course that I teach. We deal with thousands of years of history and what led up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. Uh, class number one um, starts up um, Sunday, July 4th, okay? Now, as soon as you register... Um, as soon as you register, you'll be able to. As soon as you register, you'll be able to watch uh, content that we already have. We're going to enroll you in our Saturday course also that meets at 12 noon on Saturdays. We have like three more classes left. So you'll be able to watch classes one through seven. As soon as you register, they're already archived of the Saturday class. And you'll be registered for the Sunday course that starts up uh, Sunday, July 1st, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with class number one. All right, I want to go to this clip here. Let's see. And you can also register at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Uh, I want to go to this clip here from NBC News now. So this history ties in the Native Americans. It ties in the Mexico, Oklahoma. All this history is connected. Okay. All this history is connected. Okay, so in her, uh, let's see, like uh, Taraba, Karina Taraba, and here's a picture of her, uh, Karina Taraba. Like Taraba and her extended family, many Americans and Mexicans trace their heritage to enslaved Africans whose quest to be free forced them to journey to what is now Florida, Florida, where they lived among Seminole Native Americans and sometimes intermarried. Uh, later going to Oklahoma and finally to Mexico. Yet Taraba didn't learn about any of this history as a student in Texas. She said, growing up in school, I've never heard of Juneteenth or, you know, the history of the black Seminoles in Florida. Okay. Generations later, she and her relatives journeyed to uh, the past unearthing their connection to the black Seminole uh, Native Americans, to the black Seminole Indians. History that spans centuries, crosses borders, combines cultures, and is the story of a people's aching for survival and freedom. All right. Let me. Uh, I'm trying to cue this clip up here. All right, let's go to this clip.
a part of a, a descendant of the Black Seminole Indians. To me, it means that I'm a part of a lost history that nobody really knows about. Even growing up in school, nobody knew about the Black Seminole Indians. I remember reading in my um, U.S. history textbook, you had a short little paragraph that was about this long that talked a short, brief description about the Black Seminole Indians. Of course, how they all started, you know, from going from Florida to Oklahoma, but they didn't really mention the part about some of them going down to Mexico. We know that there was a lot of suffering, you know, on their journey to Mexico. We know that they probably lost a lot of people, um, kids, you know, women, children on their journey over there. So it's also, you know, that's the sad part about it, too. Songs that our ancestors, the Seminoles, that they brought with them from Florida all the way to Mexico and that they would sing traditional songs of our ancestors would sing. Our father who art in heaven, our father, be thy name. We knew that my grandfather on my mom and my dad's side, they were both black Seminoles, so we knew that they were both black, but that's all we knew. My grandmother and my great uncle, they both would speak the Seminole language. My great uncle, he was the one that spoke it most. My uncle, he would always say, Hana, where the going? Where the going, Hana? And I was like, I said, Daddy, what's he saying? He's always asking you, where are you going? Hana, the going. And then I said, Hana, no. I was like, I don't know. One of our cousins, Bertha Vincent, had did a, a YouTube video for Siska, and it was talking about how the Seminole language was a lost language. When I saw her piece, that touched my heart. Because my grandma spoke that, my great uncle spoke that. I grew up with him speaking that. And I didn't want that language to be lost. Because that's part of my history, that's part of my family. Now that I've gotten older and realized what Juneteenth is about, I think of it as like my ancestors freeing themselves from slavery because, of course, here in the United States, you have people who will celebrate it, but they kind of go more about it on like the more African-American side. Nobody really knows about the Mexican side of it. And so whenever I would, you know, tell people, oh, yeah, I celebrate Juneteenth and all that, they're like, well, yeah, I celebrate that too. And I'm like, no, like I actually, I go to Mexico and I celebrate that. And so it would kind of get them confused, like, wait, what? And so with, of course, us being in Mexico, it's unknown. Nobody knows about this side of the history. The history that we learned, you know, a lot of it, we know that it's not even true history. So that's why my cousin and I, we're trying to talk to people and teach people because it's always been that way anyway. Being a, a descendant of the Black Seminole Indians, it means so much to me. It means that for when I am also an, a unique individual that comes from such a rich history that is so unknown. All right. That is a uh, clip from NBC News. And that deals with a little known piece of history. Uh, you heard me talk about it here before and uh, the connection between African-Americans and Native Americans. Um, you've heard me talk about the 
uh, Southern Underground Railroad. There's an article from History.com, official website of the History Channel, that deals with the little-known Underground Railroad that ran south, the little-known Underground Railroad that ran south to Mexico. So all of this history is connected. Okay. Um, this is from January 29th, 2021. Uh, the little, the little known underground railroad that ran south to Mexico. Unlike the northern free states, Mexico did not agree to return people who had fled slavery because Mexico was free territory. Okay. Mexico was free territory. Now the underground railroad, um, the underground railroad ran south as well as north for enslaved people in Texas. Uh, refuge in Canada must have seemed impossibly far away. Fortunately, slavery was also illegal in Mexico. Researchers estimate 5,000 to 10,000 people escaped from bondage into Mexico, says Maria Hammock, uh, who is writing her dissertation about the topic at the University of Texas at Austin. But she thinks the actual number could be even higher. She said uh, these were clandestine routes. And if you got caught, you would be killed and lynched. So most people did did not leave a lot of records. Most people did not leave a lot of records. Uh, there's some evidence that the Tejanos uh, or Mexicans in Texas acted as conductors on the southern route by helping people get to Mexico. In addition, Maria Hammock has also identified a black woman and two white men who helped um, enslaved workers escape and try to find a home for them in Mexico. Now, this picture here, this is a depiction of a slave auction in Austin, Texas. Okay, a slave auction in Austin, Texas. Now, Mexico abolished slavery in 1829 when Texas was still part of the country. Texas uh, wins their independence in 1836. Uh, Mex uh, Mexico abolished slavery in 18 1829 when Texas was still part of the country, in part prompting white slaveholding immigrants to fight for independence in the Texas Revolution. Once they formed the Republic of Texas in 1836, they made slavery legal again. So the white men made slavery legal again. Slavery was abolished in Mexico when Vicente Guerrero uh, became president of Mexico. He was of African descent and a former slave. Okay, Vicente Guerrero. And um, you're going to have, see, all, you know, all this ties into the history of uh, Texas. And you see that when Texas comes into the Union, the United States, uh, in 1845, it comes in as a slaveholding state. All right. And this ties into the history of the Texas state constitution, 1876 with the purity of the ballot box clause. All this is connected. All right. Uh, if you look at this article from, uh, face to face, Africa.com face to face, Africa.com. Uh, the first black, the, 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 the first, the first black president, 
of Mexico whose execution, the first black president of Mexico whose execution shocked the nation. The first black president of Mexico whose execution shocked the nation. This is from January 1st, 2020. And this is about uh, Vicente Guerrero. All right. When black leader Vicente Guerrero campaigned for president in 1828, sources say he had to fight the lighter skinned Mexican elite that was bent on maintaining a system of white supremacy in Mexico. Even before he could abolish slavery, he had to face a Spanish invasion. There was another hurdle, despite helping Mexico fight against Spain for independence in the early 19th century, Vicente Guerrero had to deal with some influential Mexicans who looked down on him for having Afro Indio roots and for being a mule driver by trade. All right. A descendant of about a, a descendant of about 250,000 enslaved Africans brought to Mexico during colonial times. Vicente Guerrero was born on August 9, 1783 in Tixla, now the state of Guerrero in Mexico to a humble family. So read the rest of this article here. The first black president of Mexico whose execution shocked the nation. That's from uh, face2faceafrica.com. All right, now we'll post this link here. Okay, let's continue quickly. Uh, so you have the Southern Underground Railroad that runs into Mexico. Um, once they formed the Republic of Texas in 1836, they made slavery legal again, and it continued. Uh, it continued to be legal when Texas joined the U.S. as a state in 1845. Enslaved people in Texas were aware that there was a country to the south where they could find different levels of freedom, though indentured uh, debt servitude existed in Mexico. It was not the same as chattel slavery. Maria Hammock has discovered one, uh, uh, one runaway named Tom who had been enslaved by Sam Houston, Sam Houston. Now, Sam Houston was a president of the Republic of Texas who, who had fought in the Texas Revolution. Once uh, Tom got across the border, he joined the Mexican military that Sam Houston had fought against. Now, fugitive enslaved people got to Mexico in many different ways. Some went on foot while others rode horses. Some went on foot while others uh rode horses or snuck aboard ferries bound for Mexican parts. Stories spread about enslaved people who crossed the Rio Grande River, dividing Texas from Mexico by floating on bales of cotton, by floating on bales of cotton. And several Texas newspapers reported in July 1863 that three enslaved people had 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 escaped this way. Even if this wasn't logistically possible, the imagery of floating to freedom on a symbol of slavery was strong. 
So read the rest of this article here. Uh, the little known underground railroad that ran south to Mexico. All right. So um, and then uh, read the rest of the article here from NBC News. Also. Uh, a family celebrates Juneteenth in Mexico where their black ancestors first found freedom. And this is from uh, June 19th, 2021. Okay. Um, if you'd like to have a reformation, you can support the African History Network, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App, then also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. And um, here is our actual Cash App account here, dollar sign, the AHN show. And, and if you type in, um, a full cash app tag, dollar sign, the EHN show, S-H-O-W. It'll show my name. It'll say Michael and then show my picture, picture there. These other ones are the fake cash app accounts. Okay. These are not mine. Somebody set these up. So we'll post this link here. And then also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the EHN show. Be sure to register for the online course. I teach we have a new one starting up uh, Sunday, uh, July 4th, 2021, 10-week online course, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, what they didn't teach you in school. Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, what they didn't teach you in school. Um, so we do thousands of years of history and what led up to, what led up to the Transatlantic Slave Trade taking place. When you go to our website, scroll down the page, you'll see the information for the online course. It's on sale $80, regularly $130. Click here to register here. It'll take you to the next page and click on enroll. As soon as you enroll, you can start watching uh, the, bonus, the bonus content. We'll enroll you in also our Saturday class uh, that meets 12 uh, noon to 2 p.m. on Saturdays. We have three more classes of the Saturday class. And then all those sessions are archived. So as soon as you register, you can watch classes one through seven of the Saturday class as well. All right. We have to get out of here. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And um, you're going to be able to watch our show very soon on uh, black on purpose, TV.com B O P TV.com uh, black on purpose uh, TV.com. So you're going to hear uh you're going to hear more about that also. Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our story, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30 plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network, subscribe now. Hi, I'm Joel Wilson, President and CEO of JCW Computer Consulting LLC, a technology implementation firm with over 20 years of satisfying customers. We offer a full spectrum of industry top-tier branded services. We are an authorized partner or reseller for Lenovo, 
Zoom, T-Mobile, Microsoft 365 and Surface Tablets, Google Workspace, Acer, Asus, Samsung, PCmatic security software, and many more. Our online store features laptops, Chromebooks, computers, printers, accessories, and software. Businesses, take advantage of our free one-hour Zoom tech consultation and know we offer top nationwide high-speed internet service providers, voice over IP, and cellular phone services. Home users, don't miss our current in-stock Chromebook inventory. Please visit us at jcwcc.com or call 215-879-6701. Gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books. Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that will satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. Empower yourself through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted. Empower yourself. Start your free trial today. All right. Visit BOPTV.com. BOPTV.com. Uh, black on purpose, uh, tv.com. And you can sign up there. They have all types of content, uh, all types of positive content for African Americans. All right. Remember, right, right now is correct. Wrong behavior. It's not over till we win Wakanda forever. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. We all know the cannabis industry is headed toward an uprise in the past decade. What happens when there is a brand that brings this uprise in a blow? The cannabis industry welcomes her uprise. Hustle Her Hemp. Delivering excellence with pride is her watchword, and how you choose to embrace it makes it a priority. From cultivating rich cannabis into exquisite and tastefully finished CBD products to delivery, Hustle Her Hemp leaves no stone unturned. Hustle Her Hemp's mission is to empower women of color by building business and creating legacies, uniting beauty, health, and business. We are a pure definition of how we want the CBD industry to become in the future. While we are redefining innovation, we bring the same energy to improving the quality of life. Hustle Her Hemp is the new Uprise.